welcome back to the Entertainment Goes Pop podcast, where all things entertainment cross over with all things pop culture, meaning all topics are fair discussion, including TV, movies, music, sports, video games. All of it is discussed on this podcast. On this week's episode of the podcast, I'm going to go back to the 2021 Superman celebration with another Q&A panel with Nicole Tom, who was one of the guests of the Superman celebration in Metropolis, Illinois, and also week five of Big Brother. It's been a wild week in the Big Brother house, and I'm going to talk all about it. first let's go right into the Q&A panel here with Nicole Tom who was a very fun guest for the Superman celebration. I didn't get the full panel recorded as my recording messed up a little bit at the end but got most of it and I've got it here on this episode of the podcast to check out. have another celebrity up on the stage that a lot of you will, you, you might remember from Beverly Hills 90210 a long, long time ago, but then came Beethoven, a couple of Beethovens after, as a matter of fact, then we got to the nanny, then we got to Princess Diaries. And finally, we get to the voice of Supergirl. So we are so pleased and happy to have her up here. Please make some Illinois for Miss Nicole Tom. And more. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> I can't hear myself. <laughs> We are so happy to have you here. Were you aware of the Metropolis Superman celebration before this year? No, I wasn't. Although I was supposed to, um, I was supposed to come here last year. Right. Um, A lot of us were. But I'm so glad I was able to make it this year and see this adorable town. I'm loving it. Well, we're loving you as well. We are going to be sending our own personal little Supergirl out there who I have a, I have a family stake in. <laughs> this is my daughter. Which makes me Kryptonian as well, I guess. <laughs> and we are going to take questions from you, uh, just raising your hand and she will come to you. But uh, is there anything you'd like to say before you just jump into the maw? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, no, I just, you know, I'm, I'm so happy to be here and celebrating Superman. And I, I'm actually from Illinois. I'm from Oak Park, um, Illinois, not the <laughs> <laughs> um, But I'm just, I'm happy to be back home. <laughs> Let me start with Supergirl since we are at the Superman celebration. Yes. Was was this a role that they sought you, you auditioned for, your agent sent tapes? 
I, I actually auditioned for it um, uh, three times. And I, uh, I, I auditioned with Andrea, the um, uh, director and creator mm -hmm. or, or, of the show. And um, it was, it was like, it was, <laughs> it was my very first uh, voiceover audition. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to have been cast. I guess I should be talking into this, shouldn't I? <laughs> like, um, We're just having a conversation. Yo, let's go about your business. This uh, is Chester, by the way. He's like my toothless poodle. <laughs> He's playing the part of uh, Krypton today. <laughs> my dog. When, when from ruthless to toothless, is that it? Yeah, that... Yes. <laughs> He's very vicious. He can gum people down. <laughs> How was your experience voice acting? Was it was it something that you you decided this this might be a good career move here? It was amazing. I, I absolutely I love doing voiceover work um, because it's it's kind of like doing a play. Like we read through the entire episode um, with everybody in the room and everybody's mic and. Um, and then we, all, we have to do like the sound effects too, like the crowd mumble, jumble, you know, like the different like grunts and stuff. But actually, after we do the sound, like for the, the, the first read-through of it, um, then they, they send that off and they make, they make the cartoon um, from our voices. Um, and then they send it back, like after it's all, um, you know, drawn out and, and uh, put together, and and that's when we come back and do like the, um, the punches and the, the zooms, you know, and the, the grunts from like getting hit or like if there's an explosion, they need a reaction, so they'll um, do that afterwards. Early animation, uh, like '60s Super Friends stuff like that, they usually just hired radio personality so that there wasn't a lot of actor in the voice actor yeah. as time has gone by you see more and more people like yourself who are stepping into the studio when we see some of those scenes these actors are emoting and expressing and gesturing and doing everything they would do if the camera was on them yeah. did and you have that experience oh yeah everybody um, in the room is like if I was to get um, you know, zapped by an explosion or something. I would literally like you know you have to you have to use your whole body to to get the right sound out. Um, so I mean, yeah, there were people falling over and, <laughs> and you know a lot of people stand when they do it, so they just like you know grind or you know just really get into it. Um, yeah, if they had a, a video camera um, on a you know, doing the, the voices, um, that would have been a, a show in itself. <laughs> well, I'm going to interrupt my personal conversation with Nicole Tom and allow the rest of you to ask your questions. Do we have any questions for Nicole? Oh, I see a Batman back there. Where is he? Where... <laughs> Batman and Superman. Oh, you know all the heroes now, I'm sure. <laughs> They're all close personal friends, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. I, uh, my question is, what was your favorite part of working on Beethoven movies? Oh my gosh. Well, Beethoven was my very first, the dogs, yes, 
<laughs> working with the animals. I just, I, I love animals, if you can't tell. Um, uh, but Beethoven, you know, he, we couldn't, we couldn't even pet him, like, you know, during the, uh, <laughs> during the breaks. He had his own trailer and his own air conditioner. And, um, <laughs> but it was, it really was the animals. I was, that was my very first job I ever did was Beethoven. And um, I think it was just, it was just, it was overwhelming, like, as a kid. Um, I was 13, and um, I've always loved animals, so, like, being able to work with them was quite a treat. And there were, there were like, uh, there were robot Beethovens, and stuffed Beethovens, and older Beethovens, and younger ones, and, like, uh, stuffed double Beethovens. <laughs> so, so there were... There are a lot of dogs um, on the set, but you know, one, there was only one real Beethoven, you know. <laughs> but you did Beethoven 1 and 2. Yes, okay. yeah. With all the you... puppies. Oh, <laughs> the puppies. There were like 350 puppies by the time, because it took like, it took about three months, if not longer, to shoot each movie. And uh, so the dogs would grow up, and so they'd have to get new ones for, you know, to play those parts. There were, there were around 350 St. Bernards in that movie. Just the puppies, not including all of the Beethoven's. <laughs> and the girlfriend. You were a teenager doing this. Yes. How did that, how did being a movie star now as a teenager, <laughs> <laughs> affect your friendships, affect your, your your personal life, like through high school or through, you know, relationships? Did, 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 did people change towards you once they saw, okay, now she's in movies? Did, did you go through any of that? You know, I think I had a twin brother, and um, he worked a lot, too, but um, he went to school more than I, I did. <laughs> I mean, I went to school, but I only went to school one week out of every month. Um, and school on set, too. Yes, yes, of course. And I, I was always um, pretty uh, um, outgoing to just everybody, you know? Like, I just like to be friends with everybody. <laughs> I just wanted friends, like, so bad when I was um, young. So, I mean, I guess I noticed a little uh, a little bit of change. Sometimes people, I think, uh, would be, you know, a little standoffish, you know, because they, they wouldn't want me to think that I only liked them because I, that they only liked me because I was in the movie, you know? Um, so I was a little aware of, of that, but I would always just you know, be like, you yeah, know, I'm normal. <laughs> I just want to go ride my bike, you know, let's, um, let's puff and paint some pants. <laughs> um, so I, I, it kind of like the ice broke pretty, pretty quickly with, um, with friends. You know, I was able to. Yeah, we, we've all heard, you know, the good and bad stories of child actors and, you yeah. know, how they were treated and what became of them. And we're so happy you came out of this so happy and healthy and yeah. whole. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy as well. <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> we have a beautiful little Batgirl back here that has her hand up. Oh, but we've got a question before her. Oh. Hang tough, Batgirl. <laughs> 
Uh, yes, have you ever considered uh, portraying Supergirl uh, live action? You, um, you, you, you really look, um, you, you really kind of look the part to me. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, I would love to, um, to you know, play a live action Supergirl. Um, I've never had that opportunity <laughs> just yet. Um, but you know, there's always time. I'm not aging. <laughs> I only get younger and younger, so. Um, I, uh, I don't know. You know, maybe someday I'll be like, um, I'll play Supergirl's mom. <laughs> uh, what is your all-time favorite superhero? Supergirl. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, I would have to say, yeah, like, either Supergirl or Batman. I like Batman. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> He's a super friend. It's all right. Like yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I love, I love Supergirl. I love that she, she's, um, you know, so, uh, you know, she's just got that strength inside of her and she's not afraid to, you know, really just go for things and that she wants and is, uh, she's just, but, you know, kind of like dorky at the same time. <laughs> There's a sweetness to her that you personify as well. So, yeah, it's just, I mean, perfect casting. <laughs> Does she have a follow-up question? Uh huh. Um, my one of my favorite superheroes. Yes, I do. I was gonna ask you. Batman. Oh really? <laughs> Is that why you're you're Batgirl? Aww. It's too hard to be Batman. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah, that's um. He's my part... only favorite superhero, <laughs> and I don't really like Superman. Oh, oh, oh. we'll just keep that to ourselves. <laughs> Mom's in shock. Who's <laughs> got those, you know, sleeves? It's so hot. <laughs> we'll clean that up in post production. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is being broadcast live. <laughs> Hi. Uh, my question is, um, uh, what was it like making the, uh, the the Girls' Night episode and working with Tara Strong as Batgirl, and also playing the dual role of uh, in oh, yeah. JLU? Uh, <laughs> yeah. In the dual role of JLU of Supergirl and Galatea is basically the evil version of Power Girl. So what was that like? Oh my gosh! Um, it, you know, I I was asked that question of a while ago on a um, a podcast, and I like what was my favorite. Um, uh, Superman uh, episode and for Batman, you know, or voicing Supergirl, and I completely forgot about um, Girls' Night Out. Of course, like that was that was so much fun to do that and work with Tara. She is she's amazing. I mean, she she can do so many different voices, and um, and it was just it was really nice to have like just like you know girl power. You know, us just hanging out and and <laughs> um, I had a I had a lot to do in that episode and also the the Galatea like you know playing different um, uh, characters and then trying to make the the my voice like you know sort of just because Supergirl really was my voice it was just it was just me <laughs> it wasn't like I was really putting on anything. Um, 
but uh, for you know the more evil twin, um, I did have to like kind of change it up a little bit, so that was challenging and fun. <laughs> All right, I'm an old guy, so I have a totally, I have a totally different question for you. Okay. And, and I loved you on both Superman and Justice League. I love both shows, but when you were on the nanny. You worked with Donna Douglas, who played Ellie Mae Clampett on there. What was she, I've always wondered what she was like. Donna Donna Douglas. Oh my gosh, she's got blonde, blonde hair, long. She's beautiful. She's like best friends with Fran. Yes. Um. I, it was uh, uh, awesome. I, it, she married to him. No, I'm thinking of Donna Dixon. Yeah. Donna Douglas was Ellie Mae Clampett. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, you know, when I started The Nanny, I thought I would remember every single episode and every single line, um, but I don't. <laughs> um, but what, did she, what part did she play in there? She played Ellie Mae Clampett. Oh. On The Nanny? On The Nanny. She guest starred as Ellie Mae Clampett in a couple of episodes. You know, she's kind of like, she was on the Beverly Hillbillies, that her part is sort of like like Fran into that family, you know, like on the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> um, and she was like, I, I mean, I I don't really remember. <laughs> is that horrible? Since we brought Fran well, up, yeah. I have a question. Please forgive me. <laughs> we we know Fran the character in the nanny. How much of that was character, and how much of that was really? Her, Frank. The was, voice, the laugh, the attitude, the. I mean, it was it was pretty much it was pretty much her. I mean, <laughs> for real. She might have like put the voice on a little bit, like for the performances, <clears throat> but yeah, like exaggerated a little bit, but not much. And that laugh was real. And I, I mean, like having grown up with that laugh um, <laughs> for all those years. It, it stuck with me. It's like that's give us the laugh. Well, it has to come natural, you know. I have to think something funny. But it, it just comes out. It's like, <laughs> but that's not really it. Say something funny. <laughs> My laugh changes all the time, but that that laugh does come, kind of come out. And I remember when I auditioned for the nanny, um, and I heard her voice for the very first time. I thought she was the casting director because I, I, I was like, and I when I remember going out to my mom and, and being like, oh my god, oh, that casting director is horrible <laughs> because I didn't know her voice and I, I was like, she, her, she had the weirdest voice, <laughs> but um, then I was like, oh, that's that's her, <laughs> that's that's the nanny, and then I felt like. A dork. <laughs> but um yeah, she she's uh she's the boss, you know. She was always my boss and she's a really strong, beautiful woman and she's always uh she's always been there for me and um she's uh funny to top it off, you know. Uh, Supergirl goes back to the late 50s, and by now in print and in uh, media, both cartoon and live, there have been a number of different renditions of her, different from each other. 
Yeah. She was originally pretty much everybody's friend, and she's punched Superman out I don't know how many times, and Batman likes <laughs> her, and Batman doesn't like her. If you could be given the freedom to write your character and then act it, what would you change? What would be the new direction you'd take Supergirl? Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'd make her a little darker, you know, sort of. <laughs> um, I, maybe like just a, 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 an everyday um, girl, just a just a normal, like really true blue, just a, a everyday girl who just realizes that she's got you know power inside of her. Okay, I will ask one that I like to ask everybody, um, because we all love bloopers, and of course the nanny was a comedy. Were there any practical jokers on set, or on anything, but I just figured the comedy. <laughs> um, oh gosh. <sighs> practical, well, you know, Ben, he would always, uh, uh <laughs> He just, uh, my brother, you know, Ben, on the show, he, um, he, 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 would, he was always just, uh, um, like, we, we did school together, and um, he pretty much would just do my homework for me. <laughs> he was so smart. Um, but he was just, um, I guess, like, practical joking, not so much. Like, I, we, uh, <laughs> I guess he would kind of make fun of me a little bit. <laughs> um, for yeah, it was it was like a real family. Um, I can't think of like anything that I can really talk about. <laughs> Nobody's um, listening. It's just it's, it's close um, family. But I mean, there were definitely some um, uh, crazy experiences um, on the set. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I, as far as like, you know, dumping a bucket of water on someone's head or like, no, <laughs> um, we were pretty much just, uh, very, it was, it was a tightly run ship. <laughs> do you still stay in contact with anyone from the show? I do. I, I, I love Charlie. Um, we went out to dinner. Uh, before COVID, um, <laughs> and we're we're planning on um, uh, hanging out after you know like when we when we can um, like when I get back. Um, I see Madeline all the time randomly in the grocery store. <laughs> I run into her at Trader Joe's. We live near each other, and I I talk to everybody like we did. Uh, it was really actually kind of wonderful with um, I mean not wonderful but. Doing the, the pandemic um, pilot reading, uh, it kind of brought everybody back together again, and we we hadn't been together um, in years, like all of us, and so that was that was really kind of emotional <laughs> for me. But it, it's weird how it sort of it took a pandemic to bring everybody back together, um, and then now then we we've sort of. We have been in more communication with each other um, than before. <laughs> There's been several shows that long ago canceled. 
during the pandemic, they would zoom everybody into a table read. They would pick a favorite episode and they would do their parts and just do it as a table read. Has that ever been thought of or considered for the nanny? A table read? Yeah. Uh, a Zoom meeting where you're That's what you're we sitting. did. We oh, were okay. the first ones to do it. I was not aware of that. Yeah. With the nanny was the first um, first ones to, to to read the pilot like on Zoom. Wow. Yeah, it was Peter's idea. We have a pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of have a, a, a weird story of um, uh, kind of connection, I guess, of, or just randomness that um, where I live, um, my house was right next door to um, the, the very first show that I ever did was The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And it was actually directed by the same person who directed the pilot of The Nanny. Um, all of my lines got cut, except for like one, <laughs> where I was running out and hugging Belle Bib DeVoe's leg. But the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is kind of similar to The Nanny, in a sense, you know? It's like it's sort of the same show. <laughs> um, only The Nanny's like the Jewish version. But um, <laughs> uh, my next door neighbor, where I live, uh, was Alfonso uh, Rivera. And then when he moved, um, the, the, uh, the guy who wrote on The Nanny, um, <laughs> moved into that same house and then Fran came over for his birthday party so the first time that she ever went to my house was because she was visiting my neighbor and was, I don't know I just think it's weird that like you know the very first shows that I ever did that are very similar two people from those shows lived in that house <laughs> and I'm their neighbor it's kind of weird I don't know did I explain that right <laughs> In any of your uh, voice acting with the uh, Supergirl character, were you ever given uh, freedom to interpret you or any of the other actors to uh, further dramatize the episode or um, like that? Yeah, we were, uh, you know, in the, the hubbub, like whenever we were um, sort of, uh, had to be in the crowd or um, uh, different, you know, like in the different episodes where there needed, you know, crowd mumble jumble. <laughs> um, uh, we were able to just, you know, come up with uh, whatever we wanted to say for that. There's been a lot of superhero cartoons over the years, over the decades, but those Tim Burst cartoons, you ask most superhero fans, that's the gold standard. Uh, were you aware when you were working on these cartoons what kind of legacy, what kind of an impact, how amazing they were at the time? I, I, I really wasn't. I, I wasn't. I mean, I, I knew, I knew how, I knew how cool Supergirl, you know, was, but I didn't really. It, it wasn't what it is now, you know, like, and to think that it, you know, the shows that that, were, that I voiced. You know that I was the first voice. <laughs> it's kind of um, it's an honor, and it's amazing to have been a part of something like this. I mean, it really is. I I'm so proud to be Supergirl. <laughs> I really am. I, I I didn't realize how cool it was back then, though. Maybe <laughs> no. 
let's get Nicole back into some air conditioning here pretty quickly. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for everybody. Thank you so much. Mr. Nicole Tom, everyone. So happy to be here. Thank you. Let's get into week five of Big Brother 23. It has been quite the week in the Big Brother house. There has been a lot going on. It has been such a really, really good season. I'm enjoying it so, so much. So let's go back to last Thursday where we had the live HOH competition that was taking place that, of course, we were seeing live on the live feeds. So again, we're going to run down. I, last week I went through the live results as they happened for spoilers, but let's go back and let's talk about how it all played out and also the things that were going on in the meantime. So again, here's the results. We had Big D. He was out at nine minutes. Of course, this was the wall competition to where it's endurance competition on how long you can last on that wall while it's leaning. And they're also spraying you with water and just making you all kinds of miserable. It's the wall competition that we always look forward to every year because we know we're going to get an endurance HOH comp on the feed. So we're always excited about that. So Big D, he was out at nine minutes. Now Claire said in the DR that she didn't need to win this. Is of course, again, she's safe till jury because of the wild card safety that she got. So... Claire was out at 29 minutes. She bailed out through the competition. Now, Sarah Beth is looking around, and she talks in the DR how she's seeing everyone just looking solid, and she realizes that she can't win. So she just jumps right off at 42 minutes. Hannah also ends up losing her grip at the same time and falls off at the same time. So they are both out. Kylan was the next off at 57 minutes. Brittany fell off at one hour and four minutes, and now Tiffany, we get her in the DR, and she's talking about how the only person out of the 11 that are competing in this competition that can't win for her is Alyssa. So that's something to keep in mind here is we get Aza falling out at one hour and 15 minutes, and then Tiffany was out right after her a minute later at 116. Now, Xavier was looking to throw this, and he was asking Derek X if he should drop. And Alyssa is also trying to work deals as well with Derek X for her to win, but Derek didn't want to throw the win to her. So Alyssa is then asking Derek X again and saying, you won't put me up if I drop. And he says no. So Alyssa drops out at 120, and she's frustrated in the DR that Derek wouldn't throw the competition to her. So this leaves the final two of Derek X and Xavier, and they're talking up there again. Xavier, he's looking to solidify these deals. And Xavier asks, you won't put me up? No, I promise. So Xavier drops at 123, Derek X wins, he's the HOH, and in runs Hannah, jumping on top of him, celebrating, just such a cool moment, I just, I love that moment so much, and <laughs> we also, we get a moment right after the competition, where Xavier hugs Derek X, and he says, and the Kings are safe too, right? 
he's trying to add to his deal and Derek X is nodding, but he's also doing like a nodding as in like a people pleaser kind of like, sure. Yeah, I agree. Like that people pleaser kind of deal that, you know, you do. So come on, Xavier. It's like, I love you, Xavier, but you don't get to add to the deal <laughs> after you jump off. That's what was so funny is uh, you made the deal. You don't get to jump off and be like, Oh, and can we add this? And can we add that? Come on, Xavier. I love you, buddy. But come on, dude. <laughs> so uh, this this wouldn't work out for Xavier, but we're going to get there. So in the pantry, we get another Derek X and Hannah celebration here. And I wish they had shown the other celebrations that were going on with Derek X as well during the show. Because on the feeds, they were so entertaining and so fun and I just love that. I think it's a lot of fun. So Derek X, he tells Hannah of the deals that he made with safety that he made to Alyssa and safety to Xavier. And he also told, you know, that Xavier tried to add the Kings to the deal after the competition was over. So now last week we had the story, of course, of Big Brother 23 that Sarah Beth was bound and determined to get Hannah out of the house last week. So much so that it really hurt her own game with how hard that she was going at this. So before last week's eviction, we got a flashback on the episode. And of course, I think it was on the feeds as well. I think I remember seeing that where Sarah Beth talked to Hannah. She's trying to smooth things over. And that, of course, is a move that you definitely want to make with a new HOH coming soon to be in power because what if Hannah wins? And... You know, Sarah Beth said in the DR that she knows Hannah surely has to know that she was coming for her last week. So she's trying to smooth this over because what if Hannah wins? She knows you're targeting her. She's going to come right after you. So Sarah Beth's trying to smooth this over right here. So Derek X, he also told Tiffany and Claire of the deals that he made. And we get a very funny moment later in the bathroom where Tiffany and Derek X are talking about the current state of things and the nominees and just all this with the game. And Hannah's sitting right there beside them. Tiffany brings up the Royal Flush Alliance, which Hannah knows nothing about. And on the show, they even showed her on the show, they showed Tiffany saying the Royal Flush once. Now, in this conversation on the feed, she probably name-dropped that thing seven times. <laughs> so, yeah, and they've got a good moment in the in the DR on the show to where, you know, they cut to Hannah in the DR, and Hannah's like, what's the Royal Flush? So, once Tiffany leaves the room... Hannah says to Derek X, what is the Royal Flush? And Derek X is like, oh no, uh, Tiffany, what are you doing? I can't believe you just said that. He, Chris, this is all him in the DR. He's like, I can't believe you just did that. You just said the Royal Flush in front of Hannah when we haven't told her about the Royal Flush. So Derek X is trying to cover it, saying it was a fake alliance. It was made for a week. And Hannah later talks to Tiffany and says, what is the Royal Flush? 
And Tiffany looked stunned. Like, I believe she was like mid-eating, I think, when this happened, if I remember right. And Tiffany immediately is like, who told you? Because, and you could tell she's about to probably just rip Derek X for outing this. And Tiffany's like, who told you? And Hannah says, you did. And Tiffany's expression goes to like a hilarious oh no, I did do that face. And it was really, really funny. So Hannah says in the DR about learning this, that this was clearly something that was being kept from her and that she is going to keep this in her back pocket with information if she does maybe need this later on. So now Derek X is going to start talking to people about plans for the week and he talks to Xavier and he makes sure to point out all deals that were made on the wall will be kept meaning you. <laughs> meaning you is what I'm saying. So no adding people to the deals, Xavier. Uh, like I said, I love you, buddy, but come on, man. <laughs> so Xavier sees that if the kings aren't safe, then that means that this is a shot at the royal flush too, where he's like, well, are we not keeping the royal flush safe? You know, if you're not going to protect all the kings, so Sarah Beth is going to talk to Derek X, and of course she's wanting the royal flesh safe, and she's also adding that she had a great talk with Hannah, and that they're good. Basically a, hey, I talked to your girl, and we're good, so please keep me safe conversation. So now he does ask Sarah Beth if she would be willing to go up as a pawn this week, and of course she's not for it, obviously, because you never want to go up as a pawn. So one thing I should point out about Derek's meetings this week, he had a list of questions that he asked to every single person. And the house guests were also telling each other what the questions were as he was telling them that he was going to ask everybody the same questions. So while he's talking to people, this is also spreading around down around the house. So what is he asking? What did you say? You know, where they can kind of, and it's kind of a way where they can kind of all get on the same page a little bit, where some of these alliances need to get on the same page and talk to him. So, and he actually had candy on the table that he, that he was using to help him keep track of his questions. So now, of course, the Jokers, they obviously don't want to be a pawn. He does ask Brittany who she would be most comfortable sitting next to if she was a pawn. And Brittany says, any king. And so Derek X has a target, and it's to backdoor Christian. That's his target. That's the plan. That's what he's been wanting to do from the get-go. So he is going to put Sarah Beth and Brittany on the block. They're the nominees, but again, Christian is the target. So Brittany cries again. I don't know why, because <laughs> she was... It just, she was just crying in tears like this was a complete shock to her. She was told she was a pawn. She was told she'd be safe. I don't know why she's crying <laughs> again. I don't, I don't know. And uh, so Sarah Beth is going to go to the HOH room to talk to Derek to see what's going on. Instead of going right into the conversation, Sarah Beth just sits there in awkward silence doesn't say anything, and she's going to let Derek take the conversation. And it's really funny, and it's really awkward. And she's not budging. She's just sitting there with her sunglasses on. 
just waiting for Derek to talk. And he's, she's not giving him anything. And he finally breaks. And he's like, I can't do this. I, I, I can't do this. I can't do it. You're safe. You're not going home. So Sarah Beth's like, okay, if I win veto, then a joker goes up in my place, right? No. Well, I'd pick Christian for veto to play for me. And if, you know, when I'm starting to pick players, I'd pick Christian to play veto for me. And Derek X says, yeah, he would put Alyssa up, which shows... Like if Christian won veto, like Alyssa would go up in it, go up in the place. So that shows where the target is. It's that showmance, but it's Christian. So Sarah Beth now she has no room to move. If she wants to say stay safe, she can't out the Christian plan because it could get herself voted out. So now she can't even talk about this to the people that she's been aligned with, with her team. Although she's been kind of kind of swaying out of that a little bit. They haven't been as a strong bond between her and that team, which obviously because of last week and everything. And then, you know, she's been bonding with Kylan a bunch too. So she can't budge here because she can't even clue them in because that keeps her safe with Christian going home. So this is a pretty smart move to where Sarah Beth can't do anything. So the Kings are all going to talk to Derek X and Xavier confirms. So Brittany's the target, right? Yes. Brittany is the target. And then that's, you know, he's, he's assuring all of them. Brittany is definitely the target here. So Alyssa is going to talk about, how she wants to win the veto to pull Sarah Beth off if she wins it. Now, Sarah Beth talks in the DR about how she knows what the plan is to backdoor Christian, but with the position that she is in, that she'll have to let Alyssa do that, even knowing it would be worst-case scenario of what would happen to Alyssa as a result. So now this gets us to the veto player picks. Again, the HOH and the two nominees play, and then they pick names out of a hat or out of a bag, to determine who the other three players are going to be in the veto. Derek X pulls Alyssa's name out. Sarah Beth pulls Claire's name out. Brittany pulls Kylan's name out, which is the last person <laughs> that Brittany wanted to play because of the bond between Sarah Beth and Kylan, to where Kylan would probably use the veto on Sarah Beth if he chose to use it. Now, on the show at this point, we get this awesome edit of something that happened on the feeds earlier in a week that we all saw that became a famous clip and started circulating social media. It was on Big Brother Twitter a lot. We see Sarah Beth laying in her bed by herself, and she's singing. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Win the veto, earn your safety, and betray your team. And then she looks off and laughs. And it's awesome the way they edited this on the show putting this really like villain kind of music with it it was like it was quite the clip that circulated on uh, social media right after that happened that next morning it was all over the place where she's just sitting in the room laying in bed by herself and she just breaks into this song so 
this gets us to the veto competition. Now, this is the competition where you have people competing, and the one with the lowest number then gets eliminated. Basically, when they get eliminated, they're going to have a locker that's going to have a prize inside. So when the next person is eliminated, they open the locker and decide whether they want to keep the prize that's in the locker or they trade it for someone else's prize that went before. So this is going to be an exercise competition, basically, where they're all competing, doing reps of different exercises in a timed competition where you have like a minute to do it, two minutes, and you have to do as many as you can. The person with the lowest number is out of the competition. Claire again, she's throwing it. She has safety. She doesn't need this. She's good till jury. So she's out first. She opens up the first locker door. It's the veto. So she has the veto. We know she's not going to keep it because there's five more players yet to <laughs> yet to come her way. So next out is Sarah Beth who lost to Brittany by one rep. It's crazy. So Sarah Beth opens the locker, and she gets $5,000. Now, will she keep the $5,000, or will she take the veto while she is on the block? She keeps the $5,000, which gets a lot of wows from everybody, Which and it did not set well with the Kings, especially Alyssa. Now, Alyssa's point of view in the DR is that you take $5,000 for yourself, and you expect us to do the work to keep you safe from here in this competition with winning it. So now Sarah Beth's point of view in the DR is that Brittany is still in this competition and she's going to take the veto whenever it is her turn. So there is no point in taking it while adding that she would rather have the $5,000 instead of getting a punishment prize, which is always going to be coming. You're going to get some good things. You're going to get some bad things. Sarah Beth's right here. I mean, even if she had taken the veto, she's not going to keep it. You know, Britt's still up there, and if she gets knocked out, she's going to choose the veto. If she wins, she's going to choose the veto. So, I mean, I see Sarah Beth's point on that, on keeping the $5,000. So, now, Kylan is the next one out, but he only loses by five to Alyssa here. So, we've got a lot of close calls here on these uh, on these rounds. Kylan gets the 52-card pickup prize, which means that anytime Big Brother calls for entertainment, they have to drop the 52 cards and pick them up. Now, the thing to keep in mind here is that this is like a Royals kind of thing where you've got the Jokers, the Kings, and Queens. So you've got that kind of theme going on to where Big Brother is playing the role of authority of like, entertain me, person, entertain me, Kylan, entertain me, Alyssa, you know, whatever. So it's that kind of thing there with kind of what they're going with for the twist where a voice will come over the speakers and say, say, so-and-so, I need some entertainment. Please drop 52 cards in the HOH room or something, you know, kind of that deal. So Kylan gets it. He trades Claire for the veto, which means that Claire now has the 52-card pickup. Derek X is eliminated next, and again, he loses by one. To Brittany. So Derek X gets a, he opens up the locker. He gets a deal where it's to dress up like a donkey and fix club sandwiches for whenever it is called upon. So this could be at any time and make club sandwiches for however many people that the Big Brother voice asks for. You know, it's like make four club sandwiches for such and such. And this could happen at any time of night, anytime during the day. 
you know, you could be, could just be like, make, uh, make club sandwiches for Aza. You know, just anybody. It could just be one person. It could be for the whole house. So, Derek X goes to trade it for the $5,000 from Sarah Beth. And Sarah Beth cries and says, no, please don't. Please don't. And he shows sympathy on it and goes the other way, which he really regretted later on. And it, that definitely rubs some people wrong with her kind of playing that sympathy. There was a lot of people not real thrilled about that move. And, uh, you know, and him him backing down on it, too. Because it's like, man, just take the $5,000, you know. But he showed the sympathy and went the other way. So instead, he takes the veto from Kylan. Now, this means it is Alyssa and Brittany in the final, with Brittany just destroying Alyssa, 113-88 to here in the final. And there was a lot of, there was a lot going on here in this final with Brittany just in full, like, screaming mode of, like, pumped and, like, I'm going to win this and just zoned in and they had the music and like all these sound effects and commentary going on with it of just how intense Brittany was looking. And, uh, it was, it was quite entertaining. So now Brittany wins. So Alyssa is the next one to pick the prize. She gets a prize of a new phone and laptop along with a call from her family. She decides to keep that. This, gets Brittany. She opens the last locker, which is called the Lord of La- of the Latrine. What is that? It means that the downstairs bathroom will be locked. You have the key. Whenever anyone wants to use the bathroom, they have to come and find you. You then open it for them, blow a horn, and announce who is using it and how many times it is for them that day. And this will go for 24 hours. So, Brittany obviously trades Derek X for the veto, which means that Derek X went from $5,000 to now basically a bathroom attendant here. So, again, Brittany wins the veto. So, now Derek says this was actually best case scenario for him as far as the win, because now Britt will win. Brittany will now take herself off the block. And it will put Christian up as the backdoor replacement. Now, the costume stuff for the week, it was very entertaining. They didn't show much of Claire's on the episode other than just the costume. But she's been doing the 52-card pickup, you know, all around the house whenever called upon. Kylan had to do this all week with a club sandwich. So, along with being in the donkey outfit, it's pretty funny. And so, I mean, it's, I was, at one point I was watching, I turned the feeds on at one point because I hadn't seen him with the costume on. And I turned the feeds on and I saw him in the costume in the kitchen making food. And I didn't even flinch because it's Big Brother. (laughs) So whenever something like that happens, you're just like, yeah, it's Big Brother. It's like, it's the one show that you... You could turn on the TV, see somebody in a donkey costume cooking food in the kitchen. You don't even flinch at it. (laughs) So I just, I thought that was pretty funny. It's like, welcome to Big Brother. So the bathroom, and of course, again, he's having to do this in the middle of the night sometimes. 
The bathroom thing was pretty entertaining, and Derek X, he was a really good sport about it. So how did it sound? It's something basically like, Lady Alyssa is now using the porcelain throne for the second time today while he blows a horn and unlocks the unlocks the lock to let her in, and then he has to lock it back whenever she's done. So at one point, Tiffany actually had to wake him up in the middle of the night at one point while he like sleepily went down with her and blowing the horn very weak <laughs> and announcing her. It was pretty funny. He was a good sport about it. He really, really was. So here's where things got really crazy on the veto ceremony day. And we saw all this play out on the feeds. And actually, they had cut the feeds for the veto ceremony. And I think they actually turned the feeds back on for us when things started going haywire. Because we saw Christian outside. It was him and somebody else. I don't remember who was out there with him. But he was just like, well, where is everybody at? They told us to go outside for the veto ceremony. Where is everybody? Well, I guess I'm going to go back in since nobody's out here. So that clearly tells you that they had sent everybody outside for the veto to get ready for the veto. So the feeds were done. So they actually turned the feeds back on, and I'm so thankful that we got to see all this, because it got really crazy real fast. So Derek X had decided to talk to Alyssa and clue her in on the Christian blind side that was coming, because he didn't want to lose her completely as someone he could work with in the game. And I think this was actually Hannah that uh, kind of uh, talked to Derek X about doing this. So... He tells Alyssa what he's thinking, and of course she's like, what? You know, and Alyssa's pushing back on the talk, and she's saying, he isn't coming for you. This this, this is a bad decision. Why are you doing this? He's He was not coming for you. This is not a big deal. Stop, you know, basically that kind of a thing. So now Alyssa's in the DR. We get her DR, and she's saying, were you really going to let me win veto and take Sarah Beth down and then you're going to put Christian up in her place and make me look like an idiot? Was this really your plan? So Alyssa, not a happy camper here. So Alyssa is going to go and tell Christian what is going on. That something's, something's up. Something's, something is in the air and you need to get mobile here. Something's going on. So this turns into quite the situation, quite an awkward situation in the workout room. So Derek X is talking to Xavier about it. Now Xavier knows what is going on. Alyssa comes back in. She's talking on it. In walks Sarah Beth, who has to act surprised while knowing what is going on. And she secretly wants this to happen because it helps her safety. And so the talk of the room is a lot of whispering of what is going on. Don't make this move. Blah, blah, blah. That kind of a thing. And then it gets really awkward when Christian just walks in. And just starts listening to whatever conversation's going on in here. And I was actually getting anxious watching this. God, I just thought, this is so awkward right now. And so Derek X, so Christian, he, he knows. He's got the vibe now. He knows what's going on. And Derek X clears the room because he wants to talk to Sarah Beth one-on-one. -on -one. Of course, Sarah Beth is egging it on like, you've got to take the shot. You have to take the shot. This is your shot. Do it. You've got to do it. So 
I actually laughed at Derek X of the DR where he said, he was like, what is going on? This is just spiraling. And I just thought, I laughed because I'm like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have told anybody. <laughs> you probably shouldn't have told Alyssa that this was going to happen because this, uh, this got out of hand really fast. So now Alyssa is downstairs. She's trying to work to save Christian while Christian is upstairs talking to Xavier about everything that's going on. And Christian's like, oh my goodness, this is so bad. And Xavier's saying, if you go up, you're going to go home. You don't have the votes. They're, you're such a threat. They're going to take you out. Like, you've got to get off the block. You can't let this happen. So, as the veto ceremony is about to happen, we get to what I don't believe has ever happened before. When you get ready to start the veto ceremony, uh, you go into... You go into the pantry and you get the you get all the veto ceremony things ready to roll. And Christian follows Derek X into the storage room and tries to talk to him about, you know, like what is going on. He's just putting pressure on Derek X to not do this. I think jury management of this decision. I could have done this to you last week as HOH and I didn't. I didn't do this. And now what are you doing this week? Where's your loyalty? You know, just that kind of thing that's going on, just putting pressure on him. And, of course, us on the feeds, we're just glued to what is going on. On the TV show, they did a great job of leaving this as a cliffhanger because usually the Wednesday show ends with the veto ceremony. And they actually left it on a cliffhanger on the show, which is a great idea because it was because we were left on a cliffhanger on the feeds because the feeds went down and we were just all like glued waiting for this to come back and see if this really happens because it was going to happen we just want to see the fallout and of course the veto ceremony happens Brittany takes herself down and up goes christian and so when the feeds come back you know it's all fallout and of course christian is just livid he's just like i can't believe this happened i could have taken him out last week and i didn't do it i didn't do it i'm so stupid this was such a terrible idea i messed up so bad it's like this is so stupid i can't believe this is happening just venting he's just furious over this we get a really awkward moment when christian needs to go to the bathroom who's who's in charge of unlocking the bathroom that's Derek x who just put him on the block as a back door so it's like oh this is so awkward and so funny so christian and goes to get Derek x and they walk to the bathroom and of course christian's just lighting him up lighting him up before he even goes into the bathroom well he's in the bathroom but he doesn't go into the actual stall part and he's got the door halfway open and he's just like all over Derek X of like, I can't believe you did this. I could have done this to you last week. I didn't do it. And he's just laying out everything. In walks Xavier, who just awkwardly walks up and he's just listening. Xavier just needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> he he just needs to turn to the bathroom. And Christian was going first and he's not going in the bathroom. And we just have this exchange going on between Christian and Derek X. And of course, Derek X isn't going back at him. He's just listening and he's just letting Christian vent. And, uh, but Xavier's just standing there and there's like, the camera is zoomed in on his face and I was rolling. Xavier just needs to go to the bathroom and he's just awkwardly, like you can read his lips and you can see his, like his whole tone 
to where he's just trying to find a moment to where he can break into this conversation and say, I just need to go to the bathroom. And it's so hilarious that he's just standing there just awkward. It's it's so funny. And eventually he does find, find his moment. He's like, y'all, I just, I just really need to go to the bathroom. And of course they're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, you know. But it was just such a funny, like, just live feeds moment. And they showed Xavier standing there on the show, but they didn't show why he was standing there in the first place, which was, he just needed to go to the bathroom. And, <laughs> and they were still having their conversation at the in front of the actual stall. It was very funny. So, Christian is later going to talk to Tiffany, who says, you know, when you hugged me after the veto ceremony, it just felt like a very different hug than you normally give, like it was a goodbye hug. And he said the same about Claire. Tiffany denies it. Now, here is where what happens from here. Tiffany is talking about her and Claire are going to go with the house, but that they aren't the swing votes. The Jokers are. Christian says you two are the swing votes and that he has the Jokers votes. And Tiffany says, I feel like somebody's lying to you. I just, I don't feel like you have as many votes as you think you do. Now, this is where things get heated between the Queens of Tiffany and Claire and the Jokers of Big D, Brittany, and Ozza. Tiffany and Claire are continuing to not tell Christian where their votes are going to go. Whenever Christian comes up and talks to them, or, do I have your votes? And they're just like, ah, I don't know. Now, the reason is Tiffany wants the Jokers to do this first to where she can blame the Jokers for the vote saying, well, we're just we're going to go with the majority and that's what the Jokers want to do. And she wants to let them take the heat for this. The problem is the Jokers aren't telling him either. So Christian's just floating back and forth, and he can't get anybody to answer where the votes are going to go with him. So Tiffany gets annoyed with this, and she confronts the Jokers saying, you need to tell him that you aren't voting for him. And of course, they aren't dumb. They know why Tiffany wants them to do that. She wants to have the heat put on them, and they know that that's what she's up to. So at one point, Brittany cries in the conversation. And so this that kind of sets up something that happens later. Now, Tiffany talks to Claire and they decide that Christian staying would actually be better for them. And they decide, let's try and flip the votes. Let's try to flip the house and see if we can keep Christian and vote Sarah Beth out. So they get Christian. They tell him what's going on and they say, Go get Brittany. So I'm up here in the HOH. Tiffany says, I'm up here in the HOH. So because we're talking, I, I need you to go do that since we're already up here. So she sends Christian down to downstairs to get Brittany. And Christian does this in the absolute worst way possible. Christian walks in the room and says, Brittany, you're needed immediately. To which Aza and Big D are perk up immediately like, What's going on? Who And then Oz is like, who needs her? And why? And, you know, Christian's basically like, you know, Tiffany. <laughs> and they, they're already on to this. And so they figure that out. And they all, uh, Big D and Oz are like, you're not going up there by yourself. We're going to go with you. 
and Christian's like, uh, you know, <laughs> so, so all the jokers head up to the HOH room and Tiffany, of course, wanted to talk to Britt alone to where to see if she could get Brittany on board to keeping Christian because she felt like she could get more done with Brittany by herself. But the Jokers aren't having it. Ozza and Big D are like, anything you say with Brittany, you can say with us. Now, here's where I lost part of it. This apparently did not air on the feeds either. Well, it didn't air on the feeds when this originally happened. So the only thing we've heard of this conversation has been retails. Now, for me tonight, I didn't get to see it either because we had a thunderstorm warning break in right as the conversation started in the HOH room. So I still have not seen what happened, but I know it got heated between Ozza and Tiffany and Big D as well. And so... This makes Big D furious because he's just like, I'm I'm tired of Tiffany going around and like telling us what to do, what we're supposed to do. I'm not nobody tells me what to do except for God and my mom. Those are the only two people that tell me what to do, and Tiffany's not one of those two. So Big D decides, he's like, I'm done with the cookout. I'm done with the cookout. I'm I'm going around. I'm gonna tell every member of the cookout that I'm done. This is the same thing that Frenchie did. When his game was cooked, uh, he went around and was just like, I'm done with the slaughterhouse. Forget the slaughterhouse. I'm done with it. So <laughs> so Big D, is uh, he's still following that Frenchie train of like strategy. So that's what he's wanting to do. So once all of this happened, that pretty well squashed the house flip. The house flip just squashed after that. Brittany, she probably would have went along with it and most likely would have went with this vote. But now Tiffany sees that Ozza and Big D have her game exposed. So now Tiffany can't make the move. This this has kind of outed what she was trying to get planned here. So she can't make this move. So the Christian house flip squashed. So now last night on the feeds, Christian, he was going to try one last chance and call a house meeting he was talked out of it big time by Xavier and also Alyssa saying it wouldn't change anything and that Xavier's like house meetings are never good, which is true. House meetings are never, ever good. I remember, you know, BB 13 when uh, Jordan decided she was going to call a house meeting and Jeff was like, I don't think this is a good idea. And People started getting called out. People were coming in from the other rooms. Danny Donato was in the other room. And she was laying back there and just listening to it all. And then her name got called. And then she walked into the room. And she got involved. And after it was over, Jeff was like, told you that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> but every house meeting rarely ever does anything good for the person that calls a house meeting. And that's basically what they told him. Like, it's not going to be a good thing. And Xavier said, and Alyssa too, where they're just like, you, if you, whatever you bring up in the house meeting, it's going to have mess up on our game. You know, it's going to mess our games up and we're going to have to pick the pieces up. And the only thing you're going to do is harm us on the way out. And there's just nothing we can do. It's, it's just done. Wish we could save you, but we can't. So, and I will say this about Christian. He really fought hard 
last few days. And Alyssa put a lot of work in, too, trying to get him saved, but it just didn't happen. Votes to Vic Christian were Hannah, Kylan, Brittany, Big D, Tiffany, Claire, and Aza. The only votes to Vic Sarah Beth were Alyssa and Xavier. 7-2 vote. Christian is evicted from the Big Brother house. Lots of hugs as he leaves, but he puts one big kiss on Alyssa as he walked out the door. So, and of course the house is like, oh, oh my goodness, you know, but it's like their showmance has been known. It's funny because they really have thought that they've been real slick and like people don't know we're like a showmance or whatever. And they knew, everybody knew. <laughs> it's like they're, they're not real slick. And yeah, but uh, so... Now here comes the twist of the week. We get the reveal that, you know, this is jury. Jury time has arrived. They are going to make jury. But here comes the high risk, high reward thing returning. And that fans are going to be voting at home over some powers. We are going to have what is called the high rollers room, which is going to be a new room that's going to open up in the Big Brother house. Inside are going to be three unique games and powers. Viewers at home are going to be voting for, to give Big Brother bucks to, to their favorite house guest or whoever they want to give to. It's kind of confusing how they're doing it. So the top three, from what I understand, like the top three are going to get, the top three vote getters are going to get $100 each. The next three are going to get $75. The others are going to get $50. I believe this is right. They use these bucks to play basically like high rollers games to where they can get powers, which could like maybe an extra veto or it could pull themselves off the block or keep them off the block. I don't know. It was kind of kind of blurry on how this is going to go down. So the voting is currently underway as I'm recording this. So I'd be curious to see how this all plays out. So now let's talk some spoilers because the HOH competition had not happened as of the time when the show went off the air that went off without the HOH comp. So I'm going to talk spoilers here. So if you do not want to know who the HOH winner is, it's time to stop listening. So here comes your spoiler. HOH, your new head of household, is Kyland. So who are his nominee nominees going to be, if I can spit that word out? The early talk so far is that Claire is going to be his target for the week, but he is unsure. He was unsure. He was telling Big D this. He was unsure on who he was going to put next to her. But he did say it would be Tiffany. Now, Tiffany and Kylan, they have not been as close here in the last few weeks because Kylan's been hanging out with Sarah Beth and Tiffany has been targeting Sarah Beth. So it's going to be interesting to see if Tiffany can kind of smooth this over with Kylan because right now he's after that duo of Tiffany and Claire. He's looking to take a shot there. So that's that's how it is as of right now as I'm recording this. I know I'm seeing him talking to Tiffany on the feeds right now, so I don't know if that conversation is going anywhere. But 
this is going to be very interesting to see what he does from here with his HOH. Will he take the shot at Claire or Tiffany? It kind of sounds as, again, what he was telling Big D, Claire was his target. Now, whether that changes between now and tomorrow, we will find out as tomorrow will be nominations on the live feeds. I'm sure he'll be doing meetings again and we'll see where he goes from there. And then also we'll have, you know, the high rollers thing. How will this play into how this all goes? So a lot of factors in play here as we head into week six of Big Brother 23. That is it for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, God bless, and I hope you have a great week.